Welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to practicing attorneys about their lives in and out of the practice of law. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. Jared Winter, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Very happy to have you. It's always been interesting and fun to talk to you. Well, thanks, Lewis. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I have a few questions for you since you're a lawyer, but before we get to that, I'd like to ask you about your drone flying. Can you tell me what you do when you fly drones? It's really more of what I did. That that hobby has sort of languished over the last couple of years, but I, uh, I tend to find little hobbies that interest me, and some of them stick, some of them don't. But for about a year there, I was learning how to build little racing drones. These are drones that are about the size of a dinner plate, and uh, they zip around real fast. They're actually pretty difficult to fly well. I didn't have a lot of success in keeping them in the air for much longer than a minute. But the ultimate goal was to attach a video camera to it so that I could see from a drone, like first-person perspective, what it was seeing as it flew around in the air. It was a fun hobby, but it it actually got to be pretty expensive because I kept crashing the thing so much. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe it's a good thing you're a lawyer. Where is your office located now? So now my office is out in Pleasanton. What kind of practice do you have and who are you with? So I'm with the esteemed firm Bonjour, Thorman, Burns & Dom. And I started working here back in April of 2019. And our practice is split basically 50-50 between criminal defense and plaintiff-side personal injury cases. How long have you been practicing law? 2007. Where are you from? Where are you from originally? I was born in St. Anthony, Idaho. My parents went to a little college in St. Anthony, Idaho back then. And I was primarily raised in Arizona, in the West Valley. So the Phoenix area, not Phoenix itself, though. We call it the West Valley. The town that I'm from is called Litchfield Park. And what's the closest city there to Litchfield Park? The, the closest one would be Phoenix. That, that's the big one. So a lot of is that where you went? Is that where you went to high school? Yeah, I was going to say a lot of times I actually just tell people I'm from Phoenix because that's the one they know. But I, I went to a small small-ish high school called... What Agua, was the name of it? Agua Fria. So what did you do in high school? You know, like extracurricular activities. I... Yeah, well, I mean, I assume you took, you know, Algebra 2 and that sort of stuff. But, well, yeah. um, you know, I, were you involved in anything else? I went to class. I, I took tests. I did homework. But extracurricular-wise, I did uh, swim team. I swam all four years of high school on the varsity team. After you graduated from Litchfield Park at Agua Fria, yeah. you went to Arizona State. I did. And what was that experience like? You know, Arizona State, I, I love that school, actually. A lot of fond memories of it. I, I didn't actually have the typical undergraduate experience in the sense that I lived at home. I, I was a commuter student. Even though Arizona State has the reputation for being a massive party school, I really was not involved in that 
part of the lifestyle very much. It was mostly just an academic pursuit, but I loved the campus. I loved the faculty. I had a lot of friends at Arizona State. A lot of fond memories. What did you major in there? I started off actually thinking that I wanted to go into medicine. And so I was a microbiology major. I shifted course about two years into being an undergrad and ultimately graduated with a degree in economics from the uh, business college. Did you immediately go to law school thereafter? No, I didn't. Uh, What did you do in the interim? I was working at a bank doing finance, and I, I didn't quite know what to do, but I knew that that's not what I wanted to do. And so I think between graduation and my application to law school, that was maybe a one or two year interim period where I was just working and sort of just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And just by fate, I got a jury summons. And so th- this was in Arizona, mind you, but I, I went to jury duty. It was my first time being called to jury duty. I was, I think I was maybe uh, 21, 22 years old. And I got selected to be on the jury. And oh, what kind of case was it? You know, it was a civil case. So it, I won't bore you with all the facts because it actually was boring to most people on the jury. It was a, a development company had built a housing development and it was upstream from this big golf course. And by law, they had to build water retention uh, because it rains pretty hard in Arizona during the summer months. And the ground is so hard that flooding becomes something that happens really rapidly, just in a matter of minutes. So they, they're required to build these water retention pits in their developments, and they didn't. And this golf course that was downstream kept flooding, and they'd have to shut down, and they were losing all of this money. And you're probably bored with the story already, as were most. Yeah, already. Already. Yeah. Falling asleep. Exactly. <laughs> You know, the other jurors were also just bored to tears, but I was riveted. Really? I loved it. I I, I loved everything about it. I loved watching. I loved watching the lawyers and comparing their strengths and their weaknesses and their approaches to different witnesses. I loved expert witness testimony, kind of getting a little education about water science. I just thought the whole process was really, really fun to be involved in. I, I think it lasted about two or three weeks. And by the end of it, I was seriously considering putting in an application to law school and the rest of history. So how long did it take you to put in an application to law school after the jury trial? I I had my mind up by the end of the trial. Where did you end up going to law school? I went to law school at Cal Western School of Law, which is a kind of a smaller private law school in San Diego. I almost went there. I'm very familiar with it. Yeah. San Diego was a huge part of the draw and deciding to go there. Yeah. And I'm sure you, as a a beachy kind of person, (laughs) I could see why it would be appealing to you as well. But yeah, I I packed my bags and I went to law school in in San Diego. I I really didn't know a soul when I got there. And uh, overall, you know, I, I really enjoyed law school. I, I don't miss it. I, I, I know other lawyers that loved it so much that they wish they could. It's almost like they wish they could go back to law school. That's not me at all. But the, the academic and intellectual challenge of law school, although stressful, I, 
I really found to be kind of invigorating. What did your family and friends think when you said, hey, I decided I want to go to law school? What did people think about that? My family was very supportive. I think the idea of having a lawyer in the family, you know, nobody else has gone to law school in, in my family. So I was kind of a pioneer on that. I think that was really exciting for them. I remember some of my friends when they, they hadn't re- I remember one conversation where I really hadn't revealed that that was what my plan, my idea that I had plans to go to law school. And I remember one of my very best friends saying, you know, one thing I could never do is be some douchebag attorney. That's, that's a job I'll never have. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, you're not, you're not, well, you're a good guy. Attorney. <laughs> there's, a, there's a difference. Yeah. Well, it really highlights kind of that negative public, uh, idea that a lot of people in the public have about lawyers and, and what we're like. Um, I know that's why I'm doing this podcast so that people can listen to it. They can find out what we're really like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. I think it's a great idea. When you were in law school, what sort of things interested you in, in law school? So I, I really went into law school quite ignorant to what I was getting myself into. And that's both in terms of what law school itself would be like and what life as a lawyer would be like. Like I said earlier, I I didn't really grow up around other lawyers that I knew very well. So I didn't have kind of a firsthand knowledge from somebody about what the day-to-day life of a lawyer is like. After you graduated uh, from law school, what was your first legal job? Well, I should say over the course of my legal education, I, I didn't really know what type of area I wanted to practice. I had a lot of different interests. But by the third year, the final year of law school, I had really come to the conclusion that I wanted to practice criminal law. And Why was that? Why? Well, as far as I could tell, it was the most human area of law. When you practice criminal law, particularly criminal defense, you're representing a an individual person and and you're you're fighting for their constitutional rights and their freedom is at stake. I really liked the idea of representing a human being instead of a corporation. So when you did this first job, oh, what what was it? Yeah, I worked for a firm in San Francisco called Morgan Lewis. I was a contract, What did they do? I was a contract attorney. They they're a big firm. They they do big law type cases. The case that I worked on, ironically, maybe appropriately, was actually a white collar criminal case. It was an antitrust case where criminal charges had been brought against our client. I had met a public defender, kind of a second in command in Kern County. I, I had met him about two years prior at this point. So way back when I was still in law school. And I'd met him for about 15 minutes. I met him on campus. They came down for a recruiting thing. And he was a nice guy, and I uh, had a nice conversation with him. But I never really took it that seriously because he was in Kern County, and that's just not where I wanted to be. But things were starting to get a little desperate. And so I fired off an email to him and said, Hey, Tony, you probably don't remember me. I met you a couple years ago, but I graduated from law school, and I, I've passed the bar, and I'm looking for work as a public defender. And 
my phone started ringing about three minutes after I sent that email. Maybe he did remember you. He absolutely remembered me to my surprise. <laughs> I quite yeah. it actually. And he said, can you come down for an interview? Absolutely. So okay. I was down there and I had that job in about two weeks after sending that email. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So what sort of work did you do, Kern County Public Defenders? You know, for somebody who wanted to go into criminal defense, it was really a perfect place to get started because the the district attorney's office there is, is aggressive. They, they do a lot of trials. And the public defender's office at the time, they, they did offer training, but there was also sort of a trial by fire aspect to it. There, there was kind of a, here's a stack of cases, and I mean a stack of cases, misdemeanors, go for it. And there was almost a bit of a sink or swim to it. So I dove right in. I did very well that that first year that I was on the misdemeanor team. I tried a lot of cases. In fact, I don't, I don't think I lasted a full year on misdemeanors. I got moved up to do felonies pretty quickly. That, so that, how long did you spend at Kern County? Well, that started in 2007. And then, as we all know, the economy bottomed out in 2008. So my, my plan had been to stay there for a year until I got some felony trials. And then I was going to leave and either go out on my own or go to a different public defender's office. And I ended up staying for four years instead of one. And, and that mo- mostly had to do with the fact that the economy was so bad. It, it just gave me cold feet. It didn't seem like it was um, a smart thing to quit a good paying job that I was at no risk of losing to just kind of take a, take a big chance, a big risk like that. Right. Um, but ultimately you did I take did. a big risk. I did. And as fate would have it, my hand was almost forced. My wife and I were renting a house in Bakersfield, again, because we, we really did not want to tie ourselves down there. We wanted to somehow make our way back up to the Bay Area. And the uh, man that we were renting the house from lost it. And so we had to move. And we, we just kind of thought, if, if we're going to have to move now is the time to make the big move, which is to just go up and and make this happen. We're going to move to the Bay Area. I'm going to hang up a shingle and cross my fingers and work really hard and and make this happen. So, When did you do that? That was 2011. And have you been in the Bay Area ever since? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've worked up here steadily ever since. When I first got up here, I just opened a solo practice. I, I knew very few people up here. So I was, I was doing a lot of just figuring things out on my own. And I remained a solo attorney just all by myself for six years. And then some opportunities arose and I, I had already kind of had, had some experience with being a solo that kind of turned me off to it in some ways. And so now I, I work with a, a firm and I strongly prefer that kind of a working environment as to being a solo. Why? There's a, there's actually a lot of reasons, but one comes to mind is just the brain trust. So if you, if you work in an office with some really top-notch lawyers, you can easily put your heads together on a regular basis to come up with strategies on cases. There, there's just really no substitute for that. What what do you what do you really like about practicing law? It's, I mean, it strikes me that you're someone who does like practicing law. What do you, what do you like? I do like practicing law, and and there's 
there's kind of two things behind that. I like helping people. I, I know that sounds so generic and, and, and kind of cheesy, but I, I do like that aspect of our job. I, I like helping people who are in dire straits for whatever reason, even, even if it's their own fault that they're in dire straits. I like finding the humanity in my client and advocating for that. It's something that's very gratifying time and time again that it that has been a driving force for me in practicing law. The other thing sometimes that, sometimes practicing criminal defense to me seems like some sort of combination of being a relief pitcher in an emergency room doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, somebody else is really screwed up and now Okay, here you go. You fix it. Yeah. I mean, on the criminal side, our clients kind of fall into two buckets. We we either have people that are truly innocent. They're just flat out, they've been falsely accused. And obviously, you want to help anybody that's in that situation, and it's a pleasure to do so. A lot of our clients fall into the bucket of, I, I made a big mistake, and yeah. um, it's my job to put that in perspective and to the extent possible, just kind of do damage control and and make sure that they are treated fairly, that, that their constitutional rights are not trampled on. That's also a big motivating factor and something that I believe in very strongly. So if someone were, let's say, graduating from Arizona State, any other college at this point, would you recommend to them, and they asked you about uh, whether or not they should go to law school, would you recommend it as a career choice? I would recommend it for almost anybody with a big caveat. I, I, I look at the study of law as kind of training your brain to look at the world and issues that you encounter in your life in a, in a different framework. And I, I find that to be incredibly useful. And I think that that would be useful to anyone, whether they actually end up being a practicing attorney or not. So H- having some sense of that legal framework way of looking at things 100 percent. i find i find that to be uh incredibly valuable uh even outside my work as a lawyer in reference to the legal system do you think that it's fair do you think that it dispenses justice oh wow that that's a big conversation is it fair is it just i think the answer that i would give to both of those questions is not very is not a very satisfying answer it's the answer would be sometimes you know, law is a human endeavor, and it's prone to all of the fallacies and problems that we humans have. Have you had any mentors in the in your career in the system? I have, I have. Can you tell me about one or two of those people. Yeah, and so why you felt they were mentors? I, I had one mentor. Uh, I've had several, but w- I've had one official mentor, a good friend of yours, Michael Thorman. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I got appointed on a murder case, you know, I was new to the area. I was new to this county and and really wanted somebody who had been through this battle, this type of a battle on a local level who had a lot of experience. And Michael and I, we did know each other before I asked him to mentor me through the case, but not not terribly well. We were co-counsel on some I think it was a marijuana grow case down in Fremont. And we just kind of got to know each other that way. And then I, I got this murder case and I, I just asked Michael, will, will you help me through this? Anybody else? 
Yeah, so Annie Bellis is a uh, prominent local defense attorney, and Annie is a, is a close friend of mine. And Annie has also always been more than willing to talk through any kind of case with me and offer her sage advice. And I've gotten to be very good friends with her over the years. And, and so without a doubt, Annie is also one of my mentors. Tell me a little bit about your family life and how practicing law has affected it, if at all. So I've been married for 15 years, and my wife and I have two little kids. So we were married quite a while before we actually started having kids. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old son named Michael, and I have a one-year-old daughter named Ellie. So I, I have very little young kids. There's a lot of challenges with raising kids that age my my wife is extremely supportive of my my career the commitments that i have to that career and the obligations that i have to my clients i don't think my kids really understand what i do for a living yet <laughs> but that's good <laughs> well i i mean i think they'll be proud of it one day once they understand it but you know right now i think the extent of the understanding is is that i put on nice clothes and i leave the house in the morning and then i come home <laughs> yeah, well, my dad was a lawyer, and I, that was sort of my take on it as well when I was a kid growing up. Outside of the law and besides drone flying, any other recreational pursuits that you like? I mean, I know you like the outdoors. I know you like to go and hike and be outside. Yeah, yeah so a, a lot of outdoors, a lot of hiking. And the shelter in place during the pandemic has actually made that even more frequent. If there was one thing that you had the power to change in the world, anything in the legal system or otherwise, what, what do you think that would be? Get rid of the coronavirus. Yeah, that would be good for everybody, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> so, Jared, you've uh, had a number of different experiences in your legal career, and right now, you're working with uh, a really stellar group of people. I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the attorneys that I work with here are uh, Jules Bonjour, Megan Burns, Emily Dom, Masa Galami, and Maggie, or Maggie Gunn. And uh, Maggie, is she does some of our misdemeanor cases in the firm. And Masa is full-time working on our PI cases, the personal injury cases. So for the kind of heavier criminal cases, those really fall on the shoulders of Megan, Emily, Jules, and I. I, I knew all of them. I didn't know Maggie and Massa so much, but I knew Jules, Megan, and, and Emily before I joined the firm. The, their reputation really was a big draw for me wanting to join with them. I got to say that I learned something from each one of them on a daily basis, and it, it's such a good team of lawyers that it's really an honor to be a part of. And I really enjoy it when we all put our heads together and solve the really serious problems that our clients are facing. And some of the solutions that we come up together as a team, I just don't think any one of us would really be able to come up with on, on our own. What keeps you up at night? I'm a worrier, Lewis. So a, a lot of things do, and, and some of them shouldn't, you know, I, I I, I worry about my clients uh, because I care about them. Jared Winter, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I really appreciate your insights, and it's been fun and interesting talking to you. Well, 
thank you for inviting me, Lewis. It was really a pleasure on my end as well. And uh, I hope you keep making these podcasts because I've really enjoyed listening to the other ones. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. Many thanks to my guests who have contributed their time and wisdom and make this show possible. Thanks, as always, to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. Law is a human endeavor, and it's prone to all of the fallacies and problems that we humans have.